0: Someone who makes baskets for fish.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Steve.
0: And
2: I do. And I'm Brett.
1: <laughs> good good foreshadowing. Well done. Uh, and this is Fools for Tools, a podcast for the re-entry rippier. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? What's everyone up to? Al, why don't you explain? You your... know what I've been up to. Yeah, <laughs> I know me. what you've been up to, but not <laughs> everyone else does.
0: Uh, I had the immense pleasure of joining Doctor Malty um, and Naomi's wedding at the weekend, um, which was a wonderful affair. Um, got to visit the infamous Malt and Make workshop. Yeah. And wow. Um <laughs> yeah.
1: A literal airplane hangar.
0: It, it is an airplane hangar. Um and. It, it kind of solidified the, the belief that things look very different in real life than they do mm-hmm. on a YouTube yeah. channel or an Instagram post. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was even more impressive and overwhelming, but also charming and bonkers. It was yeah. just like, a, you know, a museum of unnecessarily <laughs> very specific <laughs> machines, yeah. which James admitted, you know, he's, he's, he's some of me hasn't even used yet, yeah. yeah. but he I just, say, he just was, had to have it because it was 30 yeah. quid. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: there was like a shaper just chucked on the floor. Like, yeah. what? Why? What? <laughs> yeah.
0: So we all went down there for the weekend, uh, which was lovely. Um, and we can we can talk a, bit, a little bit about that later. Um, but I'd managed to get down there in the camper van. So it Yay! was the first, it was the it's kind so of the, cool, the maiden voyage of, of the camper. And I chose to go about as far as you can south in England <laughs> before hitting the ocean um, and it survived. It was an absolute charm. Um, there was a big drama with the wheels, the ongoing fucking wheel gate, um, but yeah. I eventually got it. So I got it solved about 7 PM on Friday night. And that was <laughs> with me then having a 250 mile journey uh, that evening. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, not to mention the petrol crisis, which was not helping uh, my uh, ability to travel the, length of the country. Idiots. Um, but I managed to get there, and, and just literally about 20 minutes ago, got back home. Nice, so uh, it's been a, a wonderful evening of camping and frivolity and uh, lots of delicious food as well. Yeah. Nice. It
2: just uh, looked so nice. A couple of the it was, posts. It was, was nice. Janie, <laughs> Janie was posting some things, and just you guys stood in a circle. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> dolled up and dressed in nines yeah. and stevens fucking Uh, handsome ass waistcoat
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh what what i loved is that little group and we were also stood right next to where all the canapes were coming out to the point where like a couple of the waiters were just like coming straight to us and being like there you go just just take this entire plate of food and um like stopping stopping in at us before they go back into the kitchen being like well there's only three left on here so do you want to (laughs) to eat these and uh yeah it was delicious um but yes, Brett. What have you been up to this week?
2: Oh, is that it for Al?
1: I think
0: so. He's, yeah, I think that's he's it. so busy. Oh. I can, I can go on, but I'm too tired. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, of no, tired. Thank you. Actually, um, finished the um, sculpture for work. Yes, which I was making so the multi part. Uh... Ew. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Yes, the the multi-part three D printed one meter cube amorphous sculpture, um, which is the the, the identity, the three D identity from work, which I was tasked with bringing to life. Um, I finally got it assembled and uh, filled and sanded and ready for paint. So I've talked that to a body shop, um, ready for priming and, and uh, base coat. So oh, hopefully that will be good. soon. And I'm I'm kind of documenting that as well. And I thought it I thought it'd even make quite a nice um video for the channel, just a, something totally different. You know, yeah, see the process of yeah. you know, from sketch to uh vector logo to 3D uh-huh. CAD model to 3D print to sculpting to paint. Thought it'd be a yeah. really nice journey. Very cool, have yeah.
1: You, have you got um footage of all the different stages and that yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wheat. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah, well, apart from paint, so I need to I need to actually go to the paint shop and yeah, see if they'll let me in, in the booth, in the booth. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, Brett. That was that was that
2: is me now. <laughs> oh, no, you're all right. Um, I'm I'm always fascinated in seeing. I I consider that kind of part of the prop making world, right? Where you're you're kind of taking whatever your base material is to just create the thing that fills the space that ends up being the thing. So it always reminds me of my old gig. Um, where we were doing a lot of museum displays and exhibition hall displays, where it was just like, it doesn't actually need to serve a function. It just needs to look a certain way. And then it would be a series of problem solving tasks to figure out kind of best practice for material usage and how you finish it to make it look like a rock. You know, how do you make a rock that you can tote around? That's this gigantic thing that needs to weigh, you know, very little. I don't know. That that kind of problem solving always intrigues me. So I'd be very the, the weird. Silent. The weird thing
0: about this is it it weighs a fucking lot because it, really, it, it, well, it had to be. It, I mean, we didn't we didn't do any actual modeling and physics on it, but it had to be pretty substantial to in order to support its own weight. Yeah, I know sure. it sounds ironic, but if mm-hmm. it was just a thin walled, yeah, thing, it wouldn't be able to hold its own weight. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 pretty much solid. Nice. Yeah. Um. So it's probably like. Hundred pounds at least, oh, wow. yeah. Um, Stout, and I've I've reinforced it with steel in some
2: parts. So you'll you'll see anyway. But yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, speaking of things that have been heavy and supporting its own weight, uh, what I've been up to this week is mostly working on the table base that I talked about—the kind of organic tree-like table oh, yes. base that is meant to support a tree or a petrified tree, um, which is an interesting interesting thing to be dealing with because I don't have it on site and I, I know I've talked about it a little bit before but um, I believe when John mentioned where the client is I think he's in Alaska so this thing I have to make it and hope for the best I don't know with my prior knowledge of saying like I think that's enough and I'll do a couple of tests on it uh, with just putting weight and hoping it doesn't collapse under its own weight um, but I all John told me is that it, it weighs like three or 400 pounds, the slab itself, and it's two feet by five feet. So if you can think about the density mm, of I was gonna say, a piece some... <laughs> of material like that, that's just, that's insanely heavy, right? It's just stone, but it's a couple of yeah. inches thick. And it's really interesting to not have, I think this is the first time I've not had the thing to build in space around, you know, it's just always this approach of being like yeah i'll figure it out because i can build around yeah. the thing that exists yeah. i don't have that thing that exists i just have you have an outline like visuals of it though right you, you you know what it looks like i have the yeah they sent me an outline drawing right, about, okay. on a piece of cardboard paper and right. so i cut it out of um plywood to start and then ben's suggestion just for the sake of i am doing a video on it mm-hmm. um he's like you know you should you should really just like we have enough scrap cedar and leftover stuff i'm probably just going to end up making a tabletop that looks about the same um just for the sake of the video you know being able to set something on top and go this is the purpose that it's going to serve because i don't know how long it's going to take to actually ship there Mm. to have the guy install it and even then you know it was like hey can you take some photos of me but like i don't know i don't want to rely on that and wait for putting out this video of a thing i'm proud of and hope that he takes some good photos yeah. Uh, so I'll probably remake a bit of a tabletop and then I don't know. We'll we'll see how I feel confidence-wise about maybe I'll throw a bunch of weights on it in the video to show that it supports all of the stuffs. Um, we'll see. But <clears throat> this week I've just been fabricating like crazy and this is I think this is the heftiest project I work on in, in terms of like the forging that I've done um, for the base material and then oxyacetylene torch and the welder and and lots of grinding and cleaning and stuff just to make sure that it's aesthetically pleasing but also very structurally sound because i'm i'm wrapping all the steel you know i started with this large pipe form to kind of get a negative space filled up Mm. and then remove the pipe so that when the little pieces of the of the ropey steel go around the outside i wanted some inclusions and some negative space areas like knot holes and things like that so i didn't want it to be solid and it's also you're trying to think about weight and the whole thing i don't need the base to weigh a thousand pounds of solid steel to hold the top i need it to be very structurally sound but this back and forth off of like organic flowy structure but it needs to hold 400 pounds um i'm feeling good about it so far and i sent steve a photo of it just Mm. really quickly like in its in its current state where I'm, I'm going to have to come up with some problem solving things towards yeah. the, the more finished uh, end uh, and thinking about um, like when you look at something from the angle that it's going to be viewed at, it's supposed to be a coffee table. So relatively short to the ground because it has these branches sticking upwards. If you think about putting a bunch of weight on those and they're all tapered. Yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, if I had a billion of them and they were all underneath it distributing the weight, maybe that'd be fine. But there's this idea that they might splay under the weight. And I don't want that to happen. So I may end up reinforcing that on top with just like strap steel just to hold all the branches together so that when it sits, they can't pull apart. Yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to look at it. I'm like, oh, but it'd be so much more aesthetically pleasing if it didn't have that. I'm like, (laughs) literally no one will see it. Yeah, unless you crawl underneath it after it's in place uh so i'm battling a bit before between form and function and this thing being very heavy for what i typically do it has to support this super heavy dense weight and i don't know it's been really fun and i think i don't want to latch too much onto uh like the aesthetically pleasing part, right? I'm like, Ooh, we'll just put a branch over here. I'm like, that serves no purpose. And if you use it over there, you have to forge more pieces. Like I forged what I thought was enough steel and then had to go to the forge for another four hours and (laughs) like bust out a bunch of little branches and tapers and things like that. Um, because maths are hard Mm -hmm. and also just like thinking I made enough material was completely wrong. So this is really fun as far as like, um, testing a lot of skills and then putting them into practice while also really not knowing the outcome until it shows up on the day. So it's exciting, but also a bit stressful and uh, Steve being somebody that works in a metal fabrication shop and blacksmithing shop, you know what it's like, but this, this whole like having a welder, having the anvil, uh, like the one that's in the garage, I've been having the anvil just kind of out and about so that I can do some twists and things. Uh, the oxyacetylene torch and then like the grinder and everything and working between all of those pieces yeah. of equipment is is like really taxing energy wise because you get to like fire this one up and then you do this and then you put it down and then you make sure the torch isn't running to melt your face off while you do the grinder yeah um it's good it's it's like very trying but in a very like good positive challenge way yeah nice uh and then the only last thing that I will talk about is uh, I did my good deed for let's say the month of September where through Facebook marketplace met a gentleman who was selling a bunch of equipment. I saw a bunch of old tools posted by the same guy. And it turns out it was his uh, grandfather's shop who had like passed all of his tools and equipment down to his son. Son has now also passed away. So this gentleman is having to deal with like, he's not a maker. He doesn't know what any of this stuff is. Um, but one of the things that he posted was a little fisher handball. And I was like, Oh man, I'm really intrigued by that. But you have all this other stuff. I actually helped him via messenger and then showing up the other day, just like help sort through some of his stuff. Cause he kind of poured his heart out to me with like, Oh, I just yeah. don't know what to do. Really sweet guy. Um, local guy about 30 minutes away and because i ended up doing my good deed and helping he actually gave me the mini anvil as payment for my time which was really nice and and the guy's just dealing with a lot right now he he, is life is crushing him a little bit right now and he's like 65 and over it yeah and i feel like i did a good thing and yes the compensation was what i was I was going to pay him for it cuz it wasn't <laughs> charging very much but yeah uh, it was it was really nice and then it's just a complete stranger to be like I feel like it, I helped you out a little bit yeah there's my good deed for the month feel good about it
1: nice come on um yeah the uh the tree holder thing that you're making um <laughs> tree, holder. tree holder thing yeah tree holder thing that's that's what it's called uh when that's I saw it. the uh the original photo on it I didn't really understand how big it was until I looked properly and then was like wait hang on there's like that's sheep goods in the background like and suddenly he was like oh fuck that's it that's quite a large thing <laughs> i think uh, it was
2: 50 or 60 pounds at this point already yeah and still got a little bit more to add but, but i'm just not of- used to it man like <laughs> the the bigger fabrication work i'm not used to it feels like i'm honing or i'm i'm you know tapping chris cash and max randolph to be like okay i've watched yeah. you guys do this with the torches before like how am i yeah. how am i gonna make this work yeah.
1: No, it's it's looking good. I'm looking forward to seeing it finished. Um nice but Yeah. Uh I I was also at uh Dr. Morty's wedding. Um it was really nice getting to catch up with uh, a few of the crew. Um Uh I don't really know what else I've done other than that this week. It's just been a it's been a week. Um Yeah, like but you were working week. on the
2: house, eh? Uh
1: no. Uh, not at all. Oh. Yeah, not at all. <laughs>
2: uh, I thought you were going to buy that skull toilet you sent me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately not um, that thing man, is so ridiculous I know uh, but yeah I don't, I've, I've, I've not even had a chance to even look in the bathroom um, this week uh, it's just been another another week of work and then this weekend obviously with the, the wedding on Saturday and at had a family thing today which has meant uh, I've not had a chance to do anything this, this weekend either um, but I kind of have to hurry up because my housemate moves in well, I I have to drive down to to pool with a a van and bring all my new housemates' stuff up on Saturday. So at some point this week, ideally I'd like to get some kind of sink situation in the bathroom as well. (laughs) So at least I can have like a a squatty wash sort of thing. Um,
2: I thought you just have like a clean water bottle and then a dirty (laughs) water bottle and then...
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I'd I'd like to get a little bit more to the bathroom done. Uh, And then I hopefully will be off... uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, I've got to speak to Al about the actual dates. Um, but yeah, I might actually get some work done on the, on the bathroom and more importantly on the Land Rover and get the Land Rover mm-hmm. fixed and back on the road so that I can, um, I can use that through the winter, which will be good. Uh, and I kind of wish that I'd had it to drive to London or oh, not London, uh, where it is that Morty lives. The It's, it's east of uh, Southampton. It's basically London. Um so yeah, because uh, there was another land rover there, and it's always fun to to have land rovers. Although that the land rover had a pizza in the back, pizza oven in the back, so <laughs> I think that one wins. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of it. It's been a bit of a, a bit of a quiet week, um, but there is lots of good stuff coming up. I mean, obviously, uh, it, it was good catching up with everyone for uh, for Morty's wedding. Um, there's lots of talk going on ab- at the moment about the uh, the next Maker Central, which I think the date is confirmed and public now. I think uh, I don't know what it is, but it's thirty first of April. Thirty first of April. Thank you very much. Um, so that's good. That's going live. Uh, everyone's going to be super excited for that. And Touchwood, I think it's actually going to go ahead this time. Which will be Ace. Uh, obviously, there is the Makers Camp uh, next weekend. Next weekend the weekend after something like that
2: is that what it is yeah soon um it's soon enough it's like 12 yeah. days
1: yeah um which is gonna be ace uh i unfortunately i don't think i'm gonna be making it this time um i think mean, i might catch a last minute flight but oh but we'll, I'm see. S-
2: we'll see we'll yeah. see i'll hold on hope <laughs> um but yeah uh
1: well the, i think the, the the travel restrictions are kind of ending but they end in the end of october rather than the end of this month <laughs> there so you go. yeah yeah, useless. Um, but yeah. Uh, basically, it, there's lots of stuff happening mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to open up. and uh, I, I don't really know where I was going with that because this is the topic, but I, I, I'm failing at, at words. <laughs> i not a lot of sleep this weekend. <laughs> been, right. long. Well, no, um,
2: we we were talking about it a bit in the pre-show that events are starting to open up and the whole community aspect of things has been Pretty much non-existent for the last year and a half right i mean just between small meetups with your local mates is one thing um whether or not you're lucky enough to have people within maybe an hour or two's drive
1: (laughs) whether or not you're lucky enough to have mates or not (laughs) yeah
2: there you go but it's been so different you know i feel like we were really hitting a whirlwind situation um for that first say year or two where we were all seeing each other relatively often. I mean, hell that, that like maker central Laura's the maker camp, all like all that stuff happened within a few months of each other. So yeah, I got to see both of you multiple times Mm -hmm. within, you know, a few months and I was getting right spoiled having gone through all of that stuff. And then I know the move, you know, like it didn't really take me out of attending any events because there wasn't anything planned during the winter, but Moving out here, the idea was like, okay, well, things are going to be a bit different with traveling because everyone was typically coming to Jimmy's area or New York was just a hub enough to where I could get anywhere I needed to be. Um, And then once the pandemic hit, it was like, wow, this is so much different where I have the small crew that exists out here. But the idea of actually traveling, which felt like a very regular thing to go see my work friends and my community friends. Yeah, uh, just disappeared. So now that that's opening back up, um, and things are actually getting solidified in terms of the event dates. Like we've got Maker's Camp here in a week, in a bit, and then uh, WorkbenchCon is doing its announcements and pre emails. That's in February. Maker Central's in late April, and it seems like that ball is rolling like people are starting to either get budgets back you know the, the companies that are putting on are, are getting the budgets back they're opening things up they're actually solidifying the event spaces um and i feel like it's gonna be a bit of a shell shock i mean i'm, I'm going to maker's camp here in a week and it's like it hasn't clicked that i'm gonna see 50 or 60 people i haven't seen in two years you know yeah. and we've kept up through instagrams and whatnots, but uh i'm also preceding that trip by going and seeing my mate in las vegas because that's where i'm going to fly out of because it's easier and i haven't seen chris in five years which makes no sense right like that that has nothing to do with the pandemic right we were just too far away we live too far away from each other to really see each other but i'm gonna start the trip having seen somebody the first time in five years. And then after that, I'm going to see people I haven't seen in effectively two years. Yeah. And then when I get back, my house is going to have power. Like everything's changing right now. Or going back <laughs> to some sense of normality. Like a place where I live should have power. So maybe that'll just feel like I'm back in a normal situation. I don't know. <laughs> Anything from you lads, though? Yes. <laughs> so, um, I was waiting for Al. It's definitely. <laughs>
0: Definitely kind of a bit of a domino thing going on with with stuff yeah. kicking off and reopening again. And um, the we went to like the first sort of industry talk event thing that's mm. part of the Leeds weirdly called the Leeds International Festival, which I don't know why it's called that, but I think yeah. basically it's they try and have international talkers come to Is the like the World uh, Series. It's like the World Series, it's sponsored by <laughs> international newspaper. Um the and it was a talk on um the future of food. It was pretty fucking wank actually, but yeah. the the fact that we were out and it was, you know, back to sort of social event and you know, stimulus in an environment that isn't just a, a TV screen. Yeah. Um and real people and and you know, um just able to sort of stand around and have conversations with people, which yeah. is a very different dynamic to kind of Oh, should we have a meeting? Should we have a phone call? Um, <laughs> and it, and it's starting to, and it really is starting to accelerate. You know, we're going back into the studio more, um, you know, twice a week now. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, one of the guys, one of my colleagues, is going to art direct um, the graffiti artist to do the food truck. Oh, nice! Which is, you know, something would have been unheard of six months ago. Yeah, um, but you know, he's getting to go up to the to the place where the the um, convert the trucks, and they've got a spray, spray booth there, so that'd be super nice. And again, to your point, Steve, about the the, the sculpture, mm. he's able to go and film it and document yeah. it. Yeah. So it's not it's not even just that, you know, we can interact. We can actually get more out of situations. Yeah. You, know, we, we, you can go and and yeah, he's able to kind of live direct it, but also hopefully get some beautiful footage out of it, and some really nice shots that we can then use as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, because we, we obviously started doing the, um, uh, we did the Hunter Gatherer Cook event the other day. And that's the first time we've done an event uh, in a couple of years. Um, we've got the the book launch party coming up at the end of the month. Um, and that's going to be like, they've both been quite small, um, intimate meetups and, and, and things, but... We would have the um, uh, the Bath Christmas markets uh, happening in a couple months as well, although that's now been cancelled. They're not actually running it this year um, no. because of everything. But I mean, it, it's quite good because it made the decision for us because we were umming and ahhing about whether we were even going to be able to do it. Because to be blunt, we just, we can't. We don't have the capacity to do that mm-hmm. and keep up with the website and wholesale sales. Um, and it would have cost us money to either have um someone there and living in bath for the six weeks that the markets are on or um pay someone else to that Mm -hmm. lives in bath to to be doing it so yeah it was um it was kind of a blessing in disguise um but also we're 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 talking about like the events that we're going to be doing next year and what events we want to be doing and obviously ours over in norway at the moment doing the um the kitchen on the edge of the uh world thing um We're talking about like what festivals are going to be on next year and how many we want to do and and if we want to do them and and how we're going to do them and what capacity we're going to be in, whether we're going as a as a retailer, as a concession stand, as a um, it's just like a live show. um, And, you know, who we're going to work with, how we're going to do it. Um, And it's quite exciting. But at the same time, we're kind of thinking, well, do do we want to do we want to? commit to going back to these things like what's what happens if something else comes along and um, things get cancelled are are people going to be going to these things in the same way that they that they used to because there's been a massive shift mm-hmm. in the way that people um uh the way that people buy our products the way that people interact socially i mean we've we've started going back to uh, the the Froom independent market that was the first couple of those have, have been on recently um and the the night market that we did was was interesting it was really good fun it was a lot of people there but it wasn't the kind of people that buy a lot of our stuff um on the actual main market um the the independent market that runs on a sunday um that was on uh, a couple of weeks ago and that was um that was, uh, <laughs> was a really noisy creaky desk then um but yeah that was on and that that was it was busy but it wasn't um it wasn't as busy as, as perhaps they normally are. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: So yeah, it's, it's a bit strange kind of getting back into that, um, that side of things.
2: Yeah. I don't know if people are going to have the same kind of excitement going forward, or if it's going to take more time uh, to get back into that sense of normal. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's a bit jazzed up just to be social again and just to hang out because it is such an important part of, this community we always talk about the event space was you know the opportunity to either meet the people that you were inspired by or looked up to and shoot the shit with them network if you were you know wanting to talk to sponsors about anything like there were people that were genuinely looking at these as um you know like learning events networking events i know workbench con is very geared towards uh these sessions where you go and learn either how to run a business from Ann or how to do a website properly. Or I know Donovan did a talk uh, last time on um, content creation and things like that. So they're, they're like half classes, half networking or half socializing, whatever it is. But there's, there's going to be such a different vibe. I feel like going forward where, maybe walking on eggshells is the right way to look at it. Everyone's trying to be excited, but there's still so much unspoken like stuff going on in the news where you don't know if this new strains happening. Now there's a third shot. And now there's these, these other variables that are going to keep people from really interacting the way that we used to. But will it just get completely steamrolled by enthusiasm? And like, yeah, I don't care. I want everything to be back how it was as someone who's a bit more hermitish and and not really like touchy feely yeah. in person I it didn't really affect me to to not have people around all the time or not have those event um yeah like the weight of the events and the emotional and and physical drain that happens out of traveling and going and socializing for these days I'm not great at that to begin with right it, it's a lot for me to go out and socialize in these big groups it's exciting but I get burned out really quick. Yeah. Um, and other people go to those and their, their energy tanks are on 110, you know, the entire time. So I don't know. I don't know how the balance is going to go going forward.
1: I mean, I think it, it's going to be interesting as well, because aside from just the, um, the concerns around pandemics and, and stuff like that, it, it is, it's going to be a case of people being kind of out of practice of, of being at those kind of events yeah. and, and, getting over that um that initial trepidation um it's right. going to be like the first time you went to a big event or or whatever and the first time you met people because it's been there's been that big gap um mm-hmm. i mean i think for a lot of us it's um it's a little bit easier because we've got that uh that, that consistency with the interaction on the internet so we're we're kind mm-hmm. of still in touch and still talking to people um but there's plenty of people that you know we, you don't really speak to or or see um if you're not in contact like there's loads of people that from the festival circuit over here i used to see like quite regularly like you'd have like a six month gap where you wouldn't see each other and then you'd see each other once a month at various mm-hmm. different festivals like um christian from the uh one of the food stands like i haven't seen him in like three years now um or two and a half years and it feels really odd because i i'm so used to seeing him like regularly and even even in the off season i used to see him in bristol quite a lot um and like it's that like how how easily do you do you fit back into that flow i mean like i'm, I'm quite fortunate a lot of my friends uh live far away and i am quite used to that kind of not seeing each other for a couple of years and then just jumping straight back into it but yeah, that, there's going to be a lot of shit that's changed that I'm not going to know about because we don't follow each other on social media and anything like that. We literally just see each other when we see each other. And yeah, you know, he, mm-hmm. he might have had a, another kid next to my, by the next time I see him, like that, it's fucking insane.
0: Yeah. I think, I think there's something as well beyond just seeing your friends or seeing those kind of yeah. those relationships that you had as well. There's like sort of incidental things as well. Like every day I used to go to work. That I probably, I think I've talked about in the past, is the greasy spoon that's next door to work. Yeah, where you can get like a full roast pork dinner on yeah. Tuesday lunchtime. It's um, brilliant. And there's a bloke in there called John, who's obviously worked in there for fifty years. Yeah, and you know his hands are the size of they make Jimmy's hands look small, <laughs> and they're all covered in just like gravy and tea bags and yeah. like brown sauce and stuff. And I would walk past him every day and say hello. Yeah, and then when I'd go in for my lunch. We'd have with chat, and he'd you know ask me about like what I was building and stuff. And he was like, you know, the most like old fashioned, traditional, down to earth Yorkshireman. So anything yeah. I ever told him was just you know completely bonkers to him. Yeah, um, <laughs> I remember when he got he first got the card machine in the in the shop, and he, he was just so angry all the time that people were paying <laughs> on card. Obviously, <laughs> probably got to pay tax. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I'd not seen him for eighteen months. And then just walking in the studio and walking past the cafe and I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> and he's like, cut your fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> but but all these things that you, can, I guess you kind of take for granted, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, special relationships like, you know, with you guys and, and seeing, you know, seeing Jamie and Andy and, and Jandals yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Raz to an extent, yeah. but that stuff you kind of like, you, you build up and you get excited about and I'm not seeing these people and it's great. And, yeah. But yeah, there's all these other things as well that I think are really important as part of a healthy routine and a healthy kind of life is the, the those those like NPCs for want of a better term. Like <laughs> you know, the kind of the people that are in your story, but not necessarily yeah. the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm I'm intrigued by the idea of meeting people that I've met before in this new situation, right? Um because it's been so long, there's I have I am enthusiastic about being able to hang out with Pellegrino, right? We're gonna teach these classes for a few days. I like Steve a lot uh, since the first time I met him, we've just got on really well and we're gonna be doing this thing together so I'm very excited and we're gonna be teaching, which I love teaching and I'm all I'm all well and good set up for that but you guys know me well enough and anybody that's been listening to the podcast for a while knows that i'm i wouldn't say i'm like a total curmudgeon i think i used to be a lot more than than i am nowadays um but it's difficult for me to kind of gear up for those social events right like maker central was a lot for me to to just try and be on and try and try and be conversational all day long and meeting all these new people that I had either never met before, or they were following the channel and I would never talked to them or had any exchange before. It was like, you gotta, you gotta show your enthusiasm even as tired or burnt out as you are, or your brain's going a million different directions. What, what do you guys see happening in these events? Because Al, I feel like you can flip the light switch and especially when it's the kiddos right like it's all about sharing that enthusiasm and if you're running the scouts or if you were doing the the mini makers event you know at mc steve you're used to doing classes for the most part in the past and Hmm. you guys may not be you know doing somersaults while you're doing the classes but there is a certain degree of like exuding that vibe of you're here to learn you're here to have a good time so for anybody What I'm thinking is these new people that maybe have never been to an event or are getting excited to go to an event and then everything shut down. It's going to be their first times once things start opening up. And that boggles my brain because we're going to get back together with our old mates. These people are going to come in post this insanity and be probably very enthusiastic like we all were. But they're going to be hit with a little bit of like, uh. Maybe I'm wearing a mask, or maybe maybe you are, or maybe we don't touch each other, or whatever, you know. Yeah.
0: I think there's I think there's gonna be a couple of ways in because there's there's one side which is like everyone's got this built up, you know, I want to release and explode and I've not done this for it. Because for instance, like the last wedding I went to, there's a couple of people that just went fucking overboard at this wedding, not James's, yeah. the previous yeah. one because they've not been out for so long. Yeah. And you know, they've been maybe they've been at home with the kids. And just been having to be on best behaviour, you know, for so long, and yeah. not being able to have that release that they went too far, yeah, to the point that you know they had to be taken away because they'd just been like, to your point, Brett, it was all just like, whoa, we've been waiting so long for this. Um, but other than on the flip side, I think there is going to be a lot of people like easing back in, like yeah. being quite cautious, being quite reserved. I mean, we we are deliberately, um, having a much more stripped back schedule at makers for instance compared to last time because we're all just going to be exhausted if not you know we haven't got we're not on the back of this event that event you know it's it's going to be a massive massive shock to the system Mm -hmm. yeah so we're going to take it easy deliberately and i think that's important i think i think getting back into the whatever the new world order is yeah you have to take it like a little bit gradually Otherwise, it can be overwhelming. Um, I mean, we went into we went into town for this event, and, it, and I, I just I looked around and I realized it's the first time I've been in the city center for over a year. Yeah, and it was like, oh shit, people! Oh yeah. shit, shops and like yeah. all this stuff. And then my, my colleague was like, I can't. I, this is really stressing me out. Yeah, I can't do this. And you know, we, we were luckily we, we went to an event and it was inside and calm. But yeah, yeah, you, you just got to think like this takes some getting used to.
1: I think like. That, that social anxiety thing. I, and I think there is going to be a, a much higher um, percentage of people that are feeling like that. So I think it, it's like, it's kind of, it's one of those things where we all almost have a responsibility to remember that even if you are super excited and you're really into it and you're really getting excited about the fact that you're going to get to see your mates and the people that you want to see and and people that you follow and, and everything else, you've got to remember that not everyone's going to be. And some people are going to be really fucking stressed. Because that that kind of anxiety can really take it out of you, and just be a little bit more um, empathetic and and actually think about um, how that's affecting other people, and maybe pay mm-hmm. a little bit more attention to um, to the others around you, and and be prepared to to take a step back and to kind of say like, "Are you okay? Do you want to just should we go outside and just get a bit of fresh air a minute?" Because sometimes you need to do that, um, and like I. For me personally, like I I get really again. I get really burnt out with um, with the social stuff and especially um, if we're doing uh, Big uh, Talks and stuff like that. So if we're doing uh, an event and and we're demoing and we're talking and we're answering questions And we're interacting and all of that and you know, I'm running on festival time and festival fuel and you don't think about it but then actually you sometimes you just need to just stop and and get away like one of my favorite memories of um of one of the last festivals I did uh was the good life when Al was there um cooking as in this Al not big Al um and the best part of the entire festival was right at the very end um We'd like done our demonstration. Everyone else had like cleared off and they'd gone to the bar and me and Al sat down with a couple of like enamel tin cups with a bit of whiskey in and a cigar sat on this low wall. Didn't even need to say anything. Just sat there and were just like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. And, and like that, that kind of, um, I think that's really important. And I think it's going to be even more important going back into it, um, with the added, stress and anxiety of mm-hmm. of like say face masks and and everything else and just and because there's there's also a lot of tension that goes with all that there's a lot of people that are um that are passionately one way or the other with regards to precautions and everything and that can cause extra tension that can cause extra anxiety and yeah i think it's just a case of just just paying a little bit more attention and just being a bit more concerned about your, your fellow humans <laughs> yeah
0: um a p- slight segue from that, um I just wanted to go back to what Brett said a minute ago because I thought it was really interesting about people's maybe first time mm. and something like we're all dying to get back because we want to do the things that we used to do, yeah, um, but I think it's a really good point, Brett, there might be some people who this would be their first time, so it could be a, even more overwhelming, yeah, it being this 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 kind of um re-entry process i mean we've just hired someone at work um a junior designer straight from university so it's their first job and she spent the majority of her degree on zoom yeah so not going She's to events not mad. not having talks not having lectures in person um she started work her first career professional job on fucking zoom mhm so to even to even have um social interaction I mean, and the 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 managers at work are kind of like having this like review process and 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 saying things like oh she's not very um engaging and she's not very uh outspoken. Yeah. It's like can you imagine if your fucking job started yeah in a tiny little window on someone else's computer, how you know how involved you'd be able to be or how would you, you know <laughs> Because she's 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 an amazing person, this um, and great designer, and you know really proactive and mature. But put her in, put someone in a little window into a new environment, and I think it's the same. I think I think Brett, I think we do need to be conscious of this. You know that mm-hmm. it's not just we're back. You know Ben sliding <laughs> in on his knees. It's 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 everyone. This is going to be affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like because there is a lot of. Um, uh, like my nephew and a, a lot of his friends, like their kind of formative years, he's like 15. And like at that age, I was going out, I was going to say going out drinking and smoking with all my friends, but uh, I've, obviously I never did that at that age. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> not. But, um, but, you know, I was, I was going out with mates, I was going down the skate park or doing whatever. And they've not been able to do that for a long time. Um, and it is going to massively affect um, how they interact with people um i mean we are quite lucky in the fact that we're we are at a point where you can still have zoom meetings and stuff like that so you can still interact with people on some level but yeah no i think that is a really good point and i think there is no there's no easy way to say oh you must do this with every person like you've got to take each person as they come because everyone's obviously different everyone's going to treat it differently everyone's going to interact with it differently um but yeah i think it's, it's it's certainly something that we all have to be aware of and and No, I'm saying no, no, you're on. I think you've just got to be a little bit more empathetic towards people.
2: And that is spiffing. People People
0: that
1: we think that are spiffing. Alphonse? Yeah, it's abs. Uh, In which case, that means that, Al, you are first. Who would you like to spiff, dear boy? um it's
0: a collective spiff Ooh. and i'm not entirely sure who the full collection is but it's definitely billiam moggonogogogogol yes i know Janie, what rasmus andy maybe dandles I don't. Yeah. i don't know basically everyone that um combined voltron powers to create i think one of the best wedding gifts i've seen for a long time <laughs>
1: I don't think Rasmus had anything to do with it. He was there. He was dressed. Nice.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't, but I I gave him a log. Um, so <laughs> at the wedding, um, there was a, a, a rather beautiful ceremonial gift giving to James, um, and it was a, a vintage axe that James had bought the head. I think is the story a while ago, yeah. and given yeah. given to someone said so, given to Dandles yeah. and said handle this. Yeah, handle Um and it was returned a hundredfold with a beautiful hand carved leather uh, sheath, um, yeah. lovely handle. Um, and it was just a really nice gift, a really nice gesture. And it kind of summed it up because everyone at the wedding up at that point was talking about, like, this group of makers. Who are the makers? That's the maker yeah. table. What do you do? What do you make? And then, but then be able to actually see something that th- these guys had all, all made mm-hmm. together was beautiful. Um, yeah. And it was just that lovely sentiment of kind of. Collaboration and storytelling and adding value to stuff. Um, And then James was fucking steaming and (laughs) hew this axe, which was a Cooper's axe, so not even an axe for woodcutting.
1: That fucking last swing
0: into this massive like Swedish um, fire log and. Yeah, very nearly snapped the axe clean in half. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't even sharp. But and there, and there it stuck for the rest of the wedding because no one could get it out. It was like a yeah. <laughs> Um But they got they got some amazing that the photographers were loving it. They got some great photos. So I'm hop- I'm hoping to look forward to see these um, these pictures of the, the newly married couple trying to pull this yeah. axe out of a log. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No The so USB thing. Uh, Whoever I, I apologize, I wasn't in on the story, so I don't know quite who was involved, but um, yeah, I think Janie and William
1: and Dandles. Yeah, yeah. that's a it's good great. shout. Uh, yes, good, good spiff. Uh, Brett, you are next.
2: Yes, this is a definite re-spiff. Possibly even recent re-spiff. But uh, From the Ground Up will be my more yes. specific spiff. Because shout. Keith... Busy bloke as he is um, threw up a new episode about the delightful story of two by fours. (laughs) Um, I love the podcast. I I really think Keith does a good job of amassing the information and delivering it very well. He's very well spoken. The scripting, everything about it. it is great. And I love that they're bite sized and it just feels like you get a lot of really good curated information that has an effect or has affected the way that we work in the maker world. Um so Keith we've spiffed him probably multiple times too many at this times. point too many yeah. times but i i know he is busy and he's not able to produce as many of the episodes as he probably wants to and take the time to do it but go listen to the newest episode it's fantastic like all of the other ones on and if you feel like you just need more Keith you can also listen to the second part of the full blast because as far as I know, Keith is the only one that run into two episodes on full blast because that's how much they chatted. I could be wrong, but if you want to fill your cup with Keith, Keith, decent content, uh, it was a good week for your it. your furry so, then... cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's from, from right. the ground up, we're not smithing Keith. We're doing from the yeah. ground up, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've 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 definitely talked about that uh podcast before and it's as true now as it was back then it's just brilliantly put together mm-hmm. um the the storytelling or the way of um putting forward the information in a storytelling storytelling manner is fantastic it's genuinely enjoyable to listen to and informative and educational it's brilliantly done I honestly wish that he had the time and capacity to be able to do more of them mm-hmm. um but i fully appreciate that it is a it's an ongoing experiment um that uh, that does take up a lot of time and obviously he's a busy man making rugs um and uh, uh yeah I, I again just fucking superb work yeah. um so yeah if you don't listen to it, or if you haven't listened to it already go check out from the ground up um speaking of things to listen to i've actually been a little bit off uh podcasts of late um not off as in not wanting to listen to them but i've just been listening to other things i've been listening to a lot of audiobooks again uh, recently i kind of go through stages of doing one than the other um so i'm a little bit behind on my podcasts but um i've recently listened to two books by mr hank green um who is a content creator and social media celebrity um I actually discovered—I well, I say I discovered—I was actually first put onto Hank on TikTok, a couple of all places, um, where he did little short videos explaining uh, answers to questions and answering things. Um, and he's just a, a very, uh, very intelligent guy. Does um, a bit of research, puts stuff across in a really fun way. He has got a, a YouTube channel as well um, and Instagram and everything, where he just puts out um, lots of uh, lots of cool stuff. Um, and uh and yeah just informative things um but he's also written a couple of books uh which are both based around um well they're they're one is a continuation of the other basically um so the two books are called an absolutely remarkable thing and a beautifully foolish endeavor um which you know it's got foolish in the title therefore it's 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 good um but they're yeah they're kind of like social commentary science fiction um, audiobooks. Um, the first one is uh, narrated by um, Kristen C. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a really, really nice um, book. It's it's quite interesting. It's quite funny, um, whilst also being quite thought-provoking. Um, it's quite honest about the characters as well. Uh, and the second one is um, has like a whole cast of people doing different voices. Again, really good. The, I, I don't really want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil the story for anybody not there, uh, that's going to listen to it. But yeah, either of those, if you have a chance, I would definitely recommend checking out An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. Um, and then if you enjoy that, checking out the second one as well. Where um, would one find it? Uh, I listen to them both on Audible. I can't um, find them on
0: Audible. I can only find the Salvage Crew. Uh,
1: that's different. That's because you're searching. That's That's coming up in a minute. That's a different author. That's why I said Hank Green. There we go. I was listening. Yeah, we go. Um, so yeah, uh, those two were absolutely brilliant. But, segueing beautifully there into what Al was just talking about, uh, since listening to that, I was like, oh, they were both really good. I really want to listen to something else. And because I'd also recently been listening to the Firefly novels, I was like, I wonder if Nathan Fillion has done many narrations. And it turns out he's done a few. Uh, and one of them is... Uh the salvage crew by Al. Can you read the name? Of I'm not gonna to?
0: To. no, it 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 wasn't Jewish yeah. or South African. Yeah. It was like Indonesian or something, so I have no fucking chance with that. Yeah.
1: Um uh yeah, a name that I am definitely not even gonna adopt. Yudenyaha
0: or Wyarani, but that's I, no probably nowhere near.
1: Yeah, it's it's better than what I would have done. Um but yeah, uh, so the salvage crew. It's narrated by Nathan Fillion, written by that person, um, and it's it's again it's it's a science fiction book. Um, it's based around um, some interesting ideas. But the thing that I like most about it is the prose. It is written in an extremely poetic way. Um, the 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 main I, I guess the main protagonist um, is also occasionally writes poetry as part of the the story um which yeah it, it would be fantastic on its own but the fact that nathan fillion is also um narrating it and he narrates it in a very softly spoken very nice very um uh, puts a lot of inflection on things and it's it's fucking brilliant it's really really good to listen to it's it's quite uh heavy going at times it deals with some fucked up Like themes, but it's um yeah it's not it's not the sort of thing that you're going to listen to and be like oh this is really fun la 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 um it's the sort of thing that you're going to listen to and be like oh I'm going to go I'm going to turn this off and go have a cup of tea and just sit and think for a couple of hours Mm -hmm. um yeah if I if I
0: had one credit Steve and I was to get either a beautiful foolish endeavour or an absolutely remarkable thing which one
1: uh, an absolutely remarkable thing because it's the first one of the series. Oh, it's a series. All oh, right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. Uh, so the salvage crew is also fucking brilliant. Um. I've not finished it yet. I'm about halfway through, uh, maybe three quarters, and yeah, really fucking good. And it's I I genuinely think the salvage crew is worth listening to just for the pros, Um. Let alone the actual um main storyline. So, yeah. Go check those books out. So that's an absolutely remarkable thing, a beautiful beautifully foolish endeavor and salvage crew. Um all for very different reasons. Um so yeah, that's that is my spiffing. I appreciate it, it was quite a long one this time, but fuck you. Um Is there any other business? Not for me. I don't, I don't know, go to makers camp. Al is about something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go to makers Too camp. Too tired. Uh book your shit in for that's genuinely making myself feel seasick. Uh book yourself in for make a central. Go get your tickets for that because I guess they're on sale maybe. I don't know. Um but we'll be there, I think. We're we're doing something, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're doing we're doing something. Um yeah. Uh it, it it's been fun. Um if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metaworks or on YouTube at The Forge UK, which we've actually got a couple of videos up there now. as in new ones, they're only a minute long each. Oh, fuck, I haven't put that one live. We will have by the time this comes out, because I definitely didn't forget to publish that one. Uh, If you want to find Brett, you can find him at Skull and Spade 13 in pretty much everywhere. And if you want to find Al, and you should find Al because Al is a fucking delight. You can find him- Well, fuck me then. At Al's Hack Shack. Brett's all right as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am Uh, also here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to find the three of us, then you can find us at Fools for Tools or FTFT Podcast in most places. Um, Oh, I did have some any other business. I had some AOB. So uh, for the wedding, um, I popped a button on my waistcoat uh, because i i enjoy food too much um so i had to replace it but of course i don't know where the original button went so the button is gone um so i had to forge a button for myself i've done some forged buttons before this was a different style of button um because it was one with a thing on the back not a hole in it um but yeah so challenge make a button or several make a set of buttons um doesn't have to be out of metal. Doesn't have to be out of wood. Doesn't have to be out of fucking anything. It's open to anyone and everyone. And uh, yeah, just make make some buttons. Um, any size, any shape, any function. They can even be toggles if you want.
0: Oh, like a duffel coat.
1: Yeah. Oh. Proper proper good oh, toggles. We do like those. Yes. Paddington. Yeah. Um, so the challenge is is to not only make a button but also put it on something.
0: Yeah, it has to it has to function.
1: Yeah, it has to be a working button. Um, which means, ladies and germs, you're going to need to get your sewing kit out. Um, so yeah, do that, post it in the... There's other types of buttons. No, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, post it in... Oh, you could make like in a... In
0: America, a badge is a button. <laughs> for some reason.
1: Yeah, because it's Americans. But you could make like a button for a, a switch. You could. A switch button, yeah. Uh, but yeah, go make a button, put it on something post it in the fools of tools group uh there will be a thread there <laughs> thread yeah <laughs> uh shortly because i will do that in a minute because if i don't do it now i will forget um yes. so yeah go do that the the if you know if um, uh we're doing Frizzle tools uh, treasure trade this year <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes the, the the yes let's let's talk about that in a couple of weeks okay um yeah uh when when the treasure trade does go live we will announce it on here So everyone chill. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, if I don't put the the post on now, I will forget. And the the tiny things, the make a tiny things challenge was really good. And there was some fucking awesome stuff in there. So well done to everyone that took part in that. If you still want to make a tiny thing, you can make a tiny thing. It's fine. These challenges are never ending. Um, Like the chopstick challenge. Go make some chopsticks as well. Um, Yeah, that's it. So until next time, we'll see you soon. We love you. All of the things. Okay, I'm going to go sleep. Love you. bye. Bye.